When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Trot's Life. It is Wednesday with Wombat, and what a big show we've got planned for you today. There's some major racing coming up on the weekend, some big Group 1 racing. But today, we don't just, we're not just going to talk about the racing. We're going to look, we're going to week, it's our second week where we'll chat about the Harness Charity Challenge. And we've got a range of guests lined up from across Australia that are involved in the Harness Charity Challenge. We've got Matt Young from WA who'll be on. Uh, Brett Coffey will come on uh, from Awabar, of course, and based here in Victoria. Ollie, who's known as At Pike in the last, he actually lives in WA, but he bets mostly on Queensland. And Jaden Bruin, who is dead set the clubhouse leader, isn't he? He is nearly back in the clubhouse and uh, with his big bet on uh, Flower Top Mountain uh, a couple of days ago, uh, giving him a seven thousand dollar balance as it stands plus some change at the moment. So uh, should be a great show with all those guests. And I think it's, I know there's so many Group 1 racing, but uh, the Harness Charity Challenge, it really is a Group 1 contest. And it shows that in harness racing, we're so much more than just horses and races and events and prize money. There's a lot bigger community uh, involved in harness racing. And, a big part of that is is what we do around charities. And there's a lot of charities that the industry supports uh, year-round. We're all familiar with the Teal campaign, the Pacing for Pink campaign, the Prostate Cancer Awareness campaign. There's a lot of things are done. And this is, uh, I suppose, in, in some regards, it's small. But on the other hand, it's, it's big as well to all those involved in it. And it's a wonderful, uh, cha- a wonderful uh, competition on Twitter, the Harness Charity Challenge. If you missed last week's show, uh, go back and podcast it. You'll find the podcast if you Google, if you go into Wooshka or, or just Google Trot's Life podcast, it'll come up on all your uh, best podcast providers. And uh, it was great to learn a bit more about the Harness Charity Challenge and some of the participants. And we'll learn a bit more about them as well today. Uh, some Jesus, some magical Group One racing though. <laughs> it's not going to be a show on on racing as such. Uh, I know Jason did a great show yesterday with a lot of wonderful guests and Emma Stewart straight off the top, etc. But uh, and tomorrow we will dive back into the racing element, no doubt. And it won't be me tomorrow. I'm I'm off and judging tomorrow at Maryborough, so uh, I won't be the person to be leading the show tomorrow. But uh, so many wonderful races. The, oh, the where does it stop? The Make Mine Cohen is a terrific race with ladies in red. Uh, she's sort of the highlight on the uh, on the on of the, almost the night in 
she's in a $30,000 race, which that can be discussed another day. The home field's a terrific, isn't the home field, some sort of a race with Harry Stamper, Plymouth Chubb and Cravache Dior and uh, Moore Wanted, Covelli Piero. It's a wonderful, wonderful race. Even the popular um, free-for-all's a terrific race. So many good horses in that race, and it's such an even race. Uh, the Vic Derby final will be much discussed. The Bill Collins Trotter Sprint, and I reckon Have Horse Will Travel in the Bill Collins Sprint would be my value play of the weekend. I just, Nephew of Sunoco and Sundon's Carriage have both got gate speed, but I think Have Horse Will Travel might be able to get across and get to the front. And over the 1720, and it's funny to say this in a sense because He's, been, he's just come off a 3,000-metre race at Kilmore, a 2,790-metre race at Swan Hill. But I don't know. There's something about him on this race that just gives me a gut feeling that he could just get across to the front. And I think Kate will keep him running. If she can keep running basically 29 fives for the whole way, she could run him off their legs a little bit. Whether it will he win the race, maybe not, but I just think Have Horse Will Travel could give a great sight at a bit of value on the weekend. Uh, when I was looking through the fields, I, he really stood out to me as the horse that just could bob up. He's coming off those 30-metre handicaps, which I've discussed a few times. I'm not sure about them. The Victoria Cup field, it'll be much discussed, and I don't think it'll take too many people guessing that after I declared better eclipse all that time ago, and Jason Boddington said I was uh, I, I was uh, freaking mad for saying it'd make the Victorian Derby final. Well, a year later, he goes around a genuine chance in uh, in the Victoria Cup as winning the race. Expensive ego. He was the horse I, I said uh, would be the best horse of the next 12 months. He gets his opportunity to prove that. Uh, the McCarthy team, he's their number one uh, P in the pod right now. And uh, be interesting to see where he will get to this campaign. The Victoria Oaks, we had Sebastian Steenhouse on last week. He won it a heat with relentless mean. He draws the pole in the final. So with all those Emma Stewart runners, wouldn't it be an amazing effort for someone like Sebastian Steenhouse? So best of luck to Sebastian on Saturday night. And then you've got homegrown classic finals as well. A horse I gave a little push for, Clive's Girl, on air last week. Draws barrier one for Charlene Guzman. And wouldn't that be some sort of a story if it could win? But we won't be talking so much about those races. As good as all that racing is, we're going to focus our attention predominantly on the Harness Charity Challenge. It's something that uh, we've grown to love on this show in particular and a lot of people on Twitter have loved it as well and a number of uh, people that regularly listen to this show jumped on board and I thank them for doing so as well. We've got plenty of that Riverina crew in and uh, even uh, Jeff and Rosie uh, Rollins, Jeff Clatt and Rosie Rollins jumped on as well I saw which uh, great to see some different people getting involved in the Harness Charity Challenge. Let's get our first breakaway and we'll come back the other side with a man from WA named Matthew Young. Welcome back to Trot's Life, and we continue our look into the Harness Charity Challenge and, well, harness racing. There's big races often and big events, and Harness Charity Challenge is big in many ways, and I'm looking forward to our next chat with Matty Young all the way over from WA. I assume you're in WA. Matty, you've just got off the back of your show. How are you, mate, and whereabouts are you officially? 
Uh, I'm in the studios of TAB Radio here in Perth, and a uh, very good morning to you, Toby, and everyone tuned in. Yep, safe and sound in my home state of WA. Now, tell us a bit about the Harness Charity Challenge, mate. I don't recall you being in it last year, but I'm not uh, great at remembering things. Is this your first crack? Have you had a few goes before? No, this is my second crack. Last year was my first crack, and... Um, you probably didn't see me in it uh, because oh, I was dear. not in the positives. I was in the <laughs> negatives. So, um, and I've started the year and then started this year in the negatives too. So I need to lift my game. But um, I actually forgot about it until the last race at Pinjarra yesterday. So I had to uh, come up with something in a race that I wasn't overly keen on. So I need to be a bit better at preparing. So I need to lift my game. Yeah, I had a look at your bets and thought they were a bit unusual. One was at Farlap Raceway where we saw a few people bet there the other day. Do you follow the Kiwi racing closely? No, 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 no. no. I, um, I basically only follow WA racing and I was—I uh, just remembered that I had to do it and I had a look at the next trot that was on and it was Farlap Raceway. So I thought I'll just... I actually oh, messaged dear. a mate of mine in, in New Zealand, Shane Butcher, yeah. for a tip. And uh, he came up with that and it got beaten. So um, I'm blaming him for that. But I didn't actually get to see it because for some reason Sky didn't cover the race, but we were betting on it. <laughs> it was a very peculiar situation. I wasn't happy. I would, would rather watch my money lose and not even have any broadcast of it. Yeah, yeah I'm hearing you. you got to get your ducks in a row. You've got to get better organised by the sounds of it, mate. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you'll be saving your golden punt up for something at uh, Gloucester Park where you, where you know the form so well, I assume. Yeah, I'm having my golden punt tonight, race five, number nine, Western Arterra. So um, I'll be tweeting that uh, on the other side of this interview. So, um, yeah, that's that's my best that I could offer the punters, and hopefully it's a successful one. But it's, uh, he's drawn nine. Gary Hall Jr. is driving. It's over the mile, but the horse has got tremendous gate speed. And I think there's about six or seven underneath that haven't got the best gate speed, so I think he could slingshot straight across to the top, and if he leads, I think he'll win. Very good, mate. Now, there's one of the main reasons I wanted to get someone on for this Noah George charity. There's five different players playing for Noah George. What was your inspiration to choose the Noah George charity? Um, So I've been uh, very close friends with um, Noah's parents, Michael and Prue, uh, for at least 15 years or more. And uh, they've been involved in the industry in one way or another. Um, Michael George was a driver, he was a trainer, he still is a trainer, and uh, still involved in the sport. And Prue came across from, she's uh, the daughter of a thoroughbreds trainer, and she came across to harness and trained uh, in the early or late 2000s, early 2010s. And um, she's had some really good success. She also drove on a few occasions and uh, drove winners. And But uh, they've just been really close friends of mine for a long time. They actually lived with me for a period of time there as well. So, um, And, yeah, I've, I've watched uh, both Cruz and Noah's older brother and Noah grow and uh, have been a part of their lives. And um, when receiving the news last year that uh, Noah was suffering from uh, lymphoma. Uh, it was or Hodgkin's lymphoma. It was uh, devastating news and uh, no parent should have to go through what they're going through and um, 
I've actually put together over the uh, previous years charity football matches for different different things. And one of those years ago was for uh, raising money for the Perth uh, Children's Cancer Council and uh, the Perth Hospital. So yep. um, it's something that I it really touches my heart that uh, parents have to go through uh, this. They have to stop their lives. Um, the kids, Noah's been unbelievably resilient in um, his fight and he doesn't know what's happening to him. He's just uh, showing that amazing courage that he has and um, he's had some wonderful things happen to him in the last 12 months to try and keep his spirits up and he's a wonderful kid. They're a wonderful family and uh, that's why you're seeing a lot of the players here in WA uh, trying to raise money for uh, the charity because... It's just one that has uh, impacted a lot of our lives. So tell us a bit about Noah and exactly what he's been through, mate. Obviously, sounds like you're almost an uncle to him in a sense. So take us right through his journey over the last 12 or so months. It's amazing. Uh, Prue and Michael have got so many close friends that um, that, uh, both Cruz and Noah have got that many uncles and aunts yeah. uh, that are called uncles and aunts and um, they are well socialised uh, kids and um, have been around a lot of their friends since day dot so that's all they know and uh, they enjoy everyone when we're around and yeah look he's he's um, he's a good kid and He's been through a lot, and the diagnosis last year, Peru sent a text message out to some close friends and let them know what was happening. Um, it was sort of a, a, just a whirlwind that happened, and it all sort of unfolded on um, Noah's father, Michael's birthday uh, last year. So it was mm. a horrible day for him, and um, it just, yeah, it just threw their lives into disarray. And... Um, They've had some really good support and there's been some good charities, GoFundMes and uh, things like that that have been raised. Um, Dylan Quadrio over here in the West did a, a yeah. run where he was uh, running about, I think it was 12 kilometres a day. Might have even been more. I might, might be selling him short, but he just continued running. I think yeah. it was uh, two hours on and then he had a break for two hours and he just he did that for two or three days. So... Um, yeah, look, it's been it's been an amazing journey for them, and Noah's uh, just the strength that he has shown through his bad days. He had a really bad day a couple of weeks ago where he was diagnosed with COVID and another few um, uh, pretty bad uh, pneumonia type symptoms, and uh, he had to be taken to hospital and he's had to have his uh, chemo stopped on a couple of occasions because his bloods haven't been too good. But um, there is a pretty good survival rate and if uh, his attitude and his courage is anything to go by, then uh, he should be able to get through this. But, um, yeah, it's I, I did do a trip one day to go and see Prue at the Perth Children's Hospital. Yep. And I went to a toy store and uh, bought some toys for Noah to play with. And I walked into that hospital and um, that is one of the most confronting scenes I've ever seen. Um, to yeah. walk in there and see what the families are going through and the kids. And I had all these toys for Noah and I just wanted to turn and go back 
and buy the whole shop for all the kids there. Like yeah. you just yeah. do anything for these kids and for the parents that are going through it. It's just um, it's just heartbreaking, Toby. Look, mate, without making it about me, I've got pretty good understanding of this. I spent 100 nights in the Royal Children's, or my boy spent 100 nights in the Royal Children's the first 18 months of his life. And as a parent, when you're in, when you're thrown into that all of a sudden, I remember eating a dinner that someone had cooked. It was a pasta or something, you know, and, and I put out on Facebook, I don't even know who made this dinner for us, but someone had made it for us. And just simple mm. things like people cooking food or... Or, you know, my boy was um, is, well, had a really compromised immune system, so he couldn't have any visitors. But it's just those little things that people do and the support just to the parents and not only not only the support to the child that's sick as well. And, and, and then also touching on when you go into a scene like that and see what's going on behind the scenes at a place like in Melbourne, the Royal Children's or the Perth Children's Hospital. Yeah. It's amazing the work that those people are doing and, and the systems and processes in place was just astounding. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other added point to it all is uh, being so popular, Michael and Prue, and having so many friends that wanted to help them out. Yeah. And uh, the support has been there and we've been trying to support them. But with everything that's gone on with COVID over the past yeah. uh, couple of years, it's been sort of hard to be able to get in and, um, you don't want to have any flu-like symptoms around Noah because yeah. uh, he can't afford to get sick. And so it has been testing times because COVID run reasonably rampant over here in WA over the last oh, eight or nine months since we've opened the borders again. And yeah, um, But we've just tried to be there for um, Prue and Michael as best we can and um, support them. And uh, pretty much what you said is just the support that has been shown and that's what I love about this industry here in WA and I'm, I'm yeah. sure you have the same thoughts about Victoria's when something goes wrong uh, the industry who are all competitors yeah. they'll band together and they support one another like nothing I've ever seen so yeah, yeah. and that has been seen and um, it's been amazing so that is why we're trying to raise money for Noah and um, I've had a pretty awful start to it at this stage. Well, I wouldn't say that. There's been plenty of fundraising, other fundraising activities done as well. There was a big night at Gloucester Park a few weeks ago, wasn't it now? Yeah, there was. The 19th of August, um, Gloucester Park organised a night and $500 to uh, name a race. And um, they were just met with unbelievable requests and they had the night upstairs. And Noah was able to join everyone on that evening and yeah. um, Cruz was there as well. The whole family was there, and it was uh, a cocktail night and amazing attendance and so many people there and having an amazing time. So uh, it was truly remarkable what Gloucester Park put on. They raised a heap of money. There was donations of sporting memorabilia and um, the likes, and uh, it was just after Josh Kennedy had retired, and there were some wonderful pieces um, of memorabilia signed by Josh Kennedy that went for an absolute fortune because we're footy yeah. mad in the West with the Eagles. Form, <laughs> so, um, former yeah, blue, former really former Carlton player too, which Noah would have been across, wouldn't he? I think he's a he's a Carlton supporter, isn't he? He is. He's a Carlton boy, and um, he's had wonderful support from Carlton. It's it's hard not yeah. to love Carlton after you've seen what they've done for him and um, taking him through the banner in that uh, game at. Uh, uh, Optus Stadium and um, and just the the messages of support from Sam Doherty and Patrick Cripps and being a WA boy Patrick Cripps was able to organise a lot of it and 
um, not only are they champion footballers, but they're just champion blokes as well. And what the organisation's done for the family is just puts a smile on the kid's face and say, look, no, we'll never forget that moment and um, neither will the family and neither will everyone that uh, knows Noel. So it's, yeah, it's been really amazing to see the support over the past 12 months and it just really restores your faith in humanity. Mate, thanks so much for coming on and um, my brother's playing for a charity and I'm sort of uh, in cahoots with him a little bit across this and I'll probably say this to a few people across this month but I I really hope uh, one of the, uh, at least one of the Noah George five people get in the top four or five and we get some sort of contribution to him because he sounds like a special boy and a special family and in the industry in WA also very special as well getting behind it. Matty, thanks so much for coming on and telling that story, mate. Anytime, Toby. Cheers, mate. There is Matt Young from all the way from WA with the beautiful story on Noah George and what the industry's doing there. Now it is time for the 11.30 news. We might be a tad early, but we should be able to get to the 11.30 news. Still off the other side of this, we'll catch up with uh, Darren Carroll from uh, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Uh, he sh- would have given a couple of tips and we'll catch up on those tips on just the other side of this. Then Garrick Knight still to come this hour. Big second hour, of course, with Brett Coffey, Ollie from At Pike in the last, uh, and also Jaden Bruin from the Harness Charity Challenge still to come. Hang on for the 11.30 news and we'll get some tips from the great man, Darren Carroll, right the other side of this break. Darren Carroll, he's probably... Geez, we've got some wonderful tipsters here on Giddy Up, especially with the bag of tips, but this man would be leading the way. Um, he's our harness racing expert who does the Victorian trots, and he joins us now. G'day, Das. G'day, Gareth. You're very generous, but uh, I'll well, take yeah, the compliment. Yeah, you got the runs mm. on the board. Unfortunately, last night we didn't fare too well. Um, no, we didn't. No. But, but Taylor French, she's a good young driver, but she got um, schooled there by Nathan Jack in that race at Mildura last night. It was, you know what, I've known Nathan Jack for a little while. I knew he was going to do that at the start. I thought, what's the money? <laughs> this this yeah. money's coming for this horse. And I I thought, he's not going to lead, but um, he, he knew that he had the horse with the turn of foot that allowed him to do it, but he's done it on a few occasions. He's one of those, yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on we're Nathan. Le- we're always learning, aren't we, Gareth? But uh, why did we take him on? Because I've often asked, if I had one person driving for me, who would it be? And he's my number one pick. Would you? Uh, because he makes things happen. Yeah. And last night's example was a classic case. He made it happen. Nah, I'd, um, I'd go Junior over and Jack. And okay. probably Al McCarthy. Um, okay. No, nah, he's my man. What a, do you think sometimes he does go a little bit too fast mid-race, like he did on Copy That the other day? Yes, yeah, it can happen. To, yeah. We all make mistakes. I'm only staring. Yeah, I knew Nathan would be listening. He's got a big head. Um, now, how are we making some money at stall today? Hey, I've got a couple for you at stall. Well, that's good. Hopefully, not going head to head. Well, uh, I'll, if we are, I'll change my bet. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I reckon Key Yang San Diego can make its presence felt. I reckon Jason will get it out of the gate a lot better. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, hasn't shown much gate speed yet, but um, I'm with you. The change of driver there will certainly be a, a massive addition there, and. It's been hitting the line so nicely, hasn't it? So, yep. um, yep, 
I'm uh, no knock there for that one. Our man A Bud. What's your other one? A Bud just continues to tip winners. He tipped Elegant the other day at 50 to 1. Yeah. And then he tipped mm-hmm. that other horse the other day at Kilmore. And he says Emma Joy is confident okay. that he can get her to step. And if she steps, she'll lead and win. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she'd have to improve a bit on her first up run. But, um, yeah, if he's tipping it, then uh, we have to follow, don't we? And then surely, like Key and Kat McCarthy, he's not been one of mine. But surely that's his race. Because will Maddie hand up Maddie Craven with Ruben's plight? Yeah, I'm not sure. not sure around this track. I'm not sure we'd want to no, give that's you a stupid away, question. But... He won't hand up mm. Craven, Matty Craven. Mm. No, no, forget mm. that bet. Then in the last, it can't win Kamikaze. Oh, well, well, it can. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not clashing, so that's okay. All right, take um, it away. Race seven, number three, Sunstar. I really like. Um, this is the K Matthews Tribute Race, which is restricted to female drivers. Um, and as per our discussion, mostly so far, I think the recipe for success around this track is find the leader. And the two tips that you were looking at were ones that were going to lead. Um, this will lead. Um, it was very aggressive off the gate at Geelong last Friday night. It just over-raced, but it's got a couple of really, really quick sectionals in it. And its last two starts have been fantastic, running brilliant times. Um, I'm expecting it gets an easier lead today, um, and if it can run those kind of quarters. I know there's some fair horses in the race, like, uh, but, you know, but they're going to have to sit outside it, and I just can't see it being beaten, to be honest. Um, last start at uh, took Duke of Cornwall to run it down and Duke of Cornwall's been sold to the USA and just waiting to get a flight so um, I'm, I said it last week but I think Ever Justice will get a first winner on this one today so very keen race 7 number 3 Sunstar yep is that the um, only one at stall or are we going that's to the only one there today yep, yep. Three, 3 out of the 8 races won't be bad if we get the 3 yeah well they <laughs> Don't put any pressure on me. I'll just see if you would give me the tick of approval or not. Um, what about a Bendigo? <laughs> uh, a Bendigo race five, number five, Sweet Revenge. Um, this horse has only had one run in Australia, and it ran fourth at Yarra Valley when it worked to one really nicely. I'll read out the place getters in that race. Uh, first, Beach Memories, raced in the Oaks Heat, so day not. District Attorney, raced in the Derby Heat, so day not. Relentless Me, won at Oaks Heat on Saturday night. Was only beaten three and a half metres by Relentless Me. Um, ran fourth, hitting the line. I watched its New Zealand replays. It indicates it's got good gate speed. Gets James Herbertson. Just ticks a lot of boxes based on those form lines. And uh, whilst it's pretty short in the market at the moment, I reckon it's probably hit rock bottom, and I reckon it's going to get out to black figures. So, so really keen on race five, number five, Sweet Revenge. Yep. Is that the only one at Bendigo? That's the only one at Bendigo. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, keep race, it simple. race five, number five, race seven, number three. I'll pick your brain a couple about a couple of the features there at Melton on Saturday night tomorrow, Das. Thanks for that, mate. Yep, sounds good. Hello, Toby McKinnon from Trot's Life. This week, Garrick Knight has a beautiful range of horses from New Zealand. The best value from New Zealand at the best Square meter prices. Knight exports at gmail.com. Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not bad, mate. That's not bad. Uh, a t- you're a tile salesman this week, are you? A tile, yeah. There's a, uh, he does ads for national tiles. Frank Wagger from National <laughs> Tiles. <laughs> you don't get those ads in I New don't... Zealand? No, we don't. I tell you what, if you ever get the boot from SEN, you should, you might be able to pick up some voice work or something. 
somewhere for movies or TV or cartoon shows. Uh, I do a good Mrs. Doubtfire as well, actually, and my kids love it. I pretend to be Mrs. Doubtfire, which um, can get a little bit uh, interesting, I suppose, if I take that one step too far. But that's something a bit private and personal, which I probably shouldn't share on radio. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's a person in the South Island, the race industry, that uh, gets referred to as Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, I'm not sure the back the the backstory to that one. All right, let's uh, change this topic. Uh, as much as I'm enjoying this, there's a couple I want to talk about. Emma Joy is in its stall today, race six, number two. Uh, trained by Sonia Smith and Anthony Butts. We have has had had the two starts here in Australia, so but we haven't had a chance to talk about her. And I figured she's a pretty big player in this race at stall today, mate. Well, you can back it with your money, not mine. That's for sure. <laughs> um, look, she, look, she, she's she's well mannered. Um, she she looked really good on as a two year old. She was an up up and going early, um, you know, running placing. So she might even run a, a third in a listed race or something, you know, as a two year old. And they took her down to Addington, which showed you what they thought of her. She got sick. It was a trip to forget, and she was never the same since. And um, before I came on today, I asked the former trainer about it. I said, you know, have you been watching her? Well, I haven't seen the races. What, what do you make of it? And he said, well, when I, when I sold her, um, I was getting frustrated that she wouldn't run past any other horses. I felt like she wasn't trying, and it doesn't look like anything's changed. So that's from someone who, who knows the horse better than anyone, I would say. Um, and just watching those replays uh, before I came on here, I would probably tend to agree. She, You know, she stepped well. She had a good trip and just battled to the line, didn't run past anything. So, hey, look, Sonia and Anthony, um, if anyone's going to um, get this horse's mind on the job for them, they, they're you know, a small operation now and um, yeah. they, they have a great strike rate and they do a great job. So we won't um, we won't sell her out completely, this 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 filly, but, yeah, I'd want to see a sharp turnaround in her, um, in her mind being on the job, shall we say, um, that last couple of furlongs of a race. Yep. Bendigo tonight, we've got a couple to discuss as well, mate. Uh, Sweet Mila Jean, first starter over from New Zealand for Colin Godden. He's just a great bloke, Colin. Uh, This one was always going to have Sweet in its name by Sweet Lou out of Sweet Jane. Uh, had the two starts in New Zealand for two placings, which normally, like, that looks pretty good for a race like this, although there is an Andy Gathorse in at Superior Delight who's shown a bit of ability. Yeah, look, um, this is an ideal draw for this filly. She's not a big horse. She's quite slight. Probably be lucky to be 15 hands at, at tops, um, but she's got she's packed with speed. As you said, two starts um, for two placings. I think both are at Addington as well. Um, and they weren't they weren't bad fields, so really good runs. Um, ran through the line super, good sectionals. Um, yeah, I, I would expect, provided she settled in well and Colin's happy with her, she's going to be a major player um, in that in that race from that draw. Likely, I would guess to love the trail and um, be very hard to beat. Short turnaround, mate. Her, her last start was the twenty sixth of August, Addington. At Addington, that's not that long ago, really, is it? No, no, and um, I think she had a week off before she left, and I spoke to Colin after she arrived, and I think she had another week off when she got there. So, 
Yeah, probably hey, without having She'll spoken to him lead up to this week, perhaps she might be a run short. I, I don't know. I, I, I anticipate she hasn't been at the workouts or trials over there. Um, but these small fields generally, well, New Zealand anyway, they're very uh, ho-hum, slow affairs where they're just a sprint up the lane usually. Um, so maybe that, if, that, if that eventuates, that's going to play into her hands. But a more, a, more uh, a truer tempo, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I'm just looking up. Uh, no, she hasn't. Yeah, she's had a trial at Shepparton. She won a trial at Shepparton. Uh, it was an eight-horse trial in two one five home in fifty seven six. So off the back of yeah. that, oh, well, she's a. I'd say she's a winner then this week. She yeah, she should be able to clear maidens pretty quickly. And um, while no champion, she she's a pretty scopy filly in terms of her potential. That speed's going to take her a long way. Sweet Lou out of a better's mare. Yeah, I think in time we, it'll be a, a cross we'll talk about a lot more. We did last week. Um, did we? Yeah, oh, yeah, we did last week, mate. In, in... Of course. <laughs> so, so for a bit of vengeance, uh, Sweet Revenge, who's out of a mare called Vengeance, who was an art place mare, and of course this one's by Sweet Lou as well, has had the one start in Australia and fourth at the Yarra Valley. Uh, at its first up run here and draws a sticky gate five tonight in Bendigo at race five. Yeah, and I actually watched the video um, of that first up run and it was quite surprising because this horse over here had oh, one, two, three, four, five trainers and I believe I spoke to all by one of them about that horse at one point or another and they all said <laughs> the same thing. A variation on the term mad puller um, not since I was a teenager have I heard that term. Um, <laughs> but it was a common theme. And you go back and watch his run. Did you just say that? Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Over in New Zealand, his best run uh, were when he they, he went to the front and was let run. He's got gate speed. Um, interestingly, James Herbertson drove him back in the field and he seemed to relax well. So... Maybe he agrees with the, uh, the different climate there in Victoria. I don't know. Um, yeah, different different style of race the other day, and he's on a line fairly. So provided he, he relaxes, he has got ability and he's got speed. But yeah, he's got a few bad manners and a few tricks. So I just want to see a pattern emerge before I go jumping on his back um, with the pun. Ah, Penrith. Thursday night, mate. We've we have a bit of you have a lot of success with these interstate horses. You either seem to declare them and they win, or you you, you tell them yes. You sort of yeah, let's watch this one, and they seem to miss. So uh, I think you had a pretty good strike rate with them. This horse, it's an interesting horse. She's a rose. Uh, it's a better delight mare, so it's destined for a sweet Lou in the breeding barn. By the sounds of it. Has uh, only had moderate form in New Zealand, but sometimes you've told us that moderate form is a lot better than it looks. So, and it's it's marked at three dollars on Harness dot org. So it's obviously given a bit of a chance. I think the last one I maybe said that about was one called Splash of Crimson, oh, and yeah. I think we've seen what's happened yeah. since then. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Uh, yeah, now look, this this me her, her record overall record does not give a true indication of her ability. So. I quite like her. She's a nice mare. Um, I don't think they sold her. I think the owners have sent her over. Not the first time they've sent a horse to Australia. Blake Fitzpatrick's got her. Yep. Um, generally was driven quite conservatively over here. And when on when her mind was on the job or when she was ready, shall we say, um, you know, when she was fit and in a good frame of mind, she could really hit the line hard. 
So, look, I'll, I would say, how would I put this delicately? Perhaps you'll benefit from um, regular racing on a, on a local track. Um, and, you know, Blake's horsemanship certainly won't uh, be of any detriment to her. So I would expect her to take a really good mark over there and um, be very, very um, lucrative for the owners this trip. So, yep, I would expect this week very hard to beat and one to follow going forward. Perhaps even might even slide in Saturday nights in the long run and be a factor there. Yeah, okay. She's won. She's had the one trial at Penrith. She won that trial. It was a field of six. They went two, three, seven home in thirty-one, one twenty-seven, nine. She came from behind and uh, won that trial. Beat a horse called Art of Granger. Who's won nine races and uh, has had a race start this preparation. So, uh, off the back of all that, I'd say she's a pretty, pretty bloody good chance at Penrith on Saturday night. Yeah, the only concern I would have, I haven't, from memory, I don't remember seeing a lot of gate speed from her, but that could just be because the natural, or the instructions perhaps, were always to drive her conservatively from the back. Um, it's not like I've seen her try for the lead and miss. So I'd be curious to see what Blake does. You know, Penrith, obviously, well, from my indications, what I've observed anyway, you kind of want to be handy there. Not a very long straight, um, so probably being forward, is where she's going, where Blake's going to want to be. So, watch the tote, watch the markets. Um, if, if they come for it in droves, then get on, get on on the train, I suppose. Uh, you got some thoughts on the Victoria Cup? If copy that runs, uh, which I think he will, he seems to have pulled up all right by all reports by Ray Green, and he ends up three back the fence. Can he win this race? Yeah, look, Ray's the trainer and the expert at that, so I'll bow to his superior knowledge in that regard about whether the horse is ready. It was disappointing last week. It does sound like he had an excuse. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of horses that whose final lead-up for Group 1 is, is underwhelming for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, the 2200 Melton, I'd like to see see something that's going to be handy. Now, better Eclipse, you tell me this. What's its gate speed like? Is it likely to hold up? It's um, for Torrid Saint, cross them from the outside, or you know, no, something in between. I don't think so. A better Eclipse has got enough speed and gate speed to hold up if he wants to. I think mm. I, I, I often say uh, it's in it's in uh, Greg Sugars' hands the race in a sense as to who he probably hands up to, and I reckon he'd want to hand up to Expensive Ego. So I'd imagine. They'll hold up enough at the start, those two, that then he'll allow Expensive Ego to roll to the front, make sure it does enough work, yeah. hopes it cops some pressure during the race, and then he sprint lanes to try and win. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's in a luxurious position. He's got hmm. three very, very good horses. Expensive Ego, Rock and Roll, Do, Honolulu Bay, drawn outside him. You get the impression whichever one goes, makes the first a challenge, might get that lead. Um that puts copy that three pegs. I wouldn't want to be coming through from three pegs at, at, at uh, Melton, but that's just me. Um, yeah, there's nothing on the second line, I think, apart from him that probably poses, you know, that looks like the front line's set to dominate. But, hey, I've seen funnier things. And, and I, I'm a great I'm a great interest in this 2240-metre mobile. You know, it's, it's, it's a variation from what we're used to, from, you know, the 100 Cup, New Zealand Cup, Auckland Cup, the, the long-distance standing starts. You know, the short yeah. course sprint for a cup. A little unusual. Um, some might argue, you know, it can create a bit of a, you know, flat race. But from memory, last year's event was quite good. I, you know, my, my old age, you know, I'm 
mind you, forget, uh, I'm getting forgetful, but I do seem to recall a very, very exciting Victoria Cup recently. So, yep, look, good race. Um, if you read if you read Twitter, people will tell you there maybe there might have been a b- b- bit of bias in the field selection. I heard a few people maybe from out of state rumbling that grumbling that maybe the Victorians got um, uh, you know, got the rub of the green there. Any, any comment on that? Uh, look, personally, there's a couple of horses in the race I thought were lucky to get in ahead of some others that missed out. And um, like where you've been bopping, I thought. Should have been in the race ahead of a couple of those. Even Supreme Dominator should have been in the race ahead of some some others. I thought. Yeah, well, he's he's a he's a proven classy customer. I see he's hasn't won four starts, but you would like to think that a horse like him couldn't fall out of the top twelve horses. Um, but hey, uh, look, we'll, we'll give whoever made the decision, be it the handicap or the club or whoever does it over there. I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure they applied a certain logic and. This is the field we've got. Um, the main thing is the, the the best five or six horses all made the field, and that that's probably the main thing. Um, and yeah, hopefully we get get a good race out of it. From a Kiwi standpoint, I probably want to see like a like a wildfire um, win because it's it's New Zealand owned actually. I think uh, maybe Triple Eight's the other one. Those oh and Max Shard. So those are the three um, New Zealand owned horses. Obviously, copy that trained here as well. So yep. with a Kiwi flavour, those are probably the four we'll be lumping for over here. All right, Garrick, thank you very much, mate, once again, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again next week. Thank you, sir. There's Garrick Knight and his teenage woes uh, on Trot's Life for another episode. Been a great show to this point. Toby McKinnon doing his thing on a Wednesday afternoon. And it's great to have your company here on SEN Track. And it doesn't stop after this because, well, David Taggart and Miles Fitzner are going to come up and do their thing. Canterbury Sale, Ipswich, Northern, Launceston, right across the country today. In fact, Launceston is tonight. We are going back to night racing. If you missed anything across a big day here on SEN Track. It all started with Gareth Hall. Giddy up with Gareth. The bag of tips, they're there right now. So make sure you have a look and you go to the, back to the podcast. Darren Carroll, all the big names uh, jumping in. You heard Darren Carroll give his tips before, but all the big names have jumped in to give their tips as well as Tags and Miles Fitzner, who will give you the theirs uh, later on today. Carl Holt, Dan O'Sullivan, John... John Kelly and uh, Magna Data, who's a friend of Brownie, as we know, jumped on to give their uh, their opinion on all the horse racing action as well. Zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. Make sure you text in to Miles and to Tags throughout the day. Don't forget about the Same Racer app as well. They're going to be putting Same Race Multis up throughout the afternoon. And you can go in the draw to get 10 micro shares, all thanks to my racehorse. Miles is going to read out what the chances are for you to win and how you can win. Two Same Race Multis is all you got to do, but he'll double-check that and read that out for you a little bit later on. And if you do want to go as well, we've got an OB coming up Friday week. It's actually on this Friday. My apologies. It's this Friday. So a couple of days' time, if you want to be there at St. Andrew's Beach Brewery, iCanWin.com.au to sign up and get your name on the list heading down the highway there to St. Andrew's Beach. Beautiful 
golf course down there. So if you can plan a little day around it, why wouldn't you? Make sure you get involved on that. But Gareth Hall, he did his thing. Uh, Toby, he's got a big hour coming up as well. Jaden Bruin among the guests that he is going to speak to, as well as Brett Coffey. So make sure you jump on board and have a listen to that. 499 736 736 if you want to get involved at all throughout the day today. And don't forget, David Taggart, Miles Fitzner with you live from 1 p.m. right here on SEN Track. Welcome back to Trot's Life, and we continue our Harness Charity Challenge theme, and I think we might have had Brett Coffey on about this same time last year when we did the Harness Charity Challenge show, and we've got him back on. There's a number of things to talk to Brett about. Brett, mate, uh, firstly, how are you, and uh, whereabouts are you today? Uh, today I'm in Footscray, so uh, I'm actually uh, got a bit of a cold, so I'm uh, <laughs> at home, so I'm trying to rest up, but uh, no, we're going good, though, so yeah. I'm not sure where to start with you. You've been, I suppose, in the Harness Charity Challenge, as far as I can recall being involved in in it, you've been in it as well. Yeah, I think so. I I can't remember when it actually started. I remember going to, I remember being at Melton, though, when they presented the, uh, yeah, when they presented the award or the winning uh, check to uh, Craig Knott. So I assume I must have been in the first one. So it's, uh, it's been quite a, yeah, quite a good fun journey over time. It has been, and uh, you did. You came fifth last year with a two and a half thousand dollar profit, which is uh, nothing to laugh at, uh, is it? No, no, it's not too bad. I'm not. I'm not a great uh, punter myself, so I just try and finish in the black. And if I can do that, then uh, then happy days. But yeah, it wasn't too bad last year. Well, you're in the black this year. At this, I am currently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am currently. So we'll, uh, we'll try and keep it that way. <laughs> Just now. <laughs> I remember last year, you, it might have been even the year before, you chose a charity that was just over the road and you've had a few different ones. And uh, I did some research into the charity you've chosen this year, which is Ride for, I think it's Alia, A-H-L-I-A. Tell us a bit about why you've chosen that charity, mate. Um, basically, um, I wouldn't say I'm friends with Tom Buchanan, but I've, um, I'm following him on uh, Twitter. And um, yeah, and Tom... He's a WA harness uh, man, and um, I got to know him. He drove some horses for us when he used to drive for Johnny Graham in, in uh, Bunbury, and um, he's a ripping, ripping guy and does some great work in the media over in WA. But, um, yeah, so he's, um, unfortunately, his uh, niece, uh, I believe it was, yep. um, yeah, suffered from this rare this rare uh, cancer. And, um, yeah, like, it's... Um, it just sounds horrendous, to be honest. And what he's doing is is um, yeah, doing a lot of a lot of cycling to, to try and raise money for for research into this uh, this particular cancer. And, and um, yeah, I just thought it was a great it was a great initiative by him. And, and yeah, hoping to support it. It's known as DIPG, which stands for Dif- Diffuse Intrinsic Pontine Glioma, which is a brain cancer. Children are diagnosed between the ages of six to nine years. Uh, it's incurable, and the average lifespan from diagnosis is nine to eleven months. 
And the beautiful, yeah. the beautiful Alia, she was diagnosed at age seven years and two weeks, and she yep. she survived, She lived for another five months after diagnosis. Yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, you can't imagine, um, can't imagine much worse to be honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's it's funny, or well, not funny at all. Sorry, it's uh, it's interesting. My wife works in cancer research in that space anyway, and and um, there's all these different types of cancers that you know that that occur and, and occur in children and um and yeah it's just yeah it's just you know it's just terrible that that people have to go through this so you know if we can help out in one tiny tiny little way then that'd be great yeah you can't imagine you got a beautiful seven-year-old girl at her birthday party and two weeks later yeah. you're given the news that you've got you know, somewhere between ten up to ten or eleven months with her, just that must be just a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, no, it would be for sure. Um, so no one should have to go through that sort of that sort of situation. So Tom Buchanan does a ride from Windy Harbour to Leshenot. Windy Harbour was uh, one of Ali's favourite um, holiday destinations, and her grandparents live in Leshenot. It was it's two hundred and sixty kilometres. The ride in year one they raised forty five thousand, and year two one hundred and five thousand, and that's the charity that you will play for. So yeah, uh, yeah, that, pretty amazing. Like I'm just tipping, I'm just uh, <laughs> trying to find a couple of winners where Tom's uh, Tom's riding two hundred and sixty k. So um, but uh, yeah, it's an amazing effort by him to to do that. Now, mate, well. It's, it seems almost irrelevant harness racing and, and talking about horses yeah. after something like that. But I suppose yeah. it's great perspective and uh, moments like these of a mare we've uh, been on a journey with on this show. I'm well connected to it, as you well know. And yeah. she returns on Saturday night. And I don't think anyone's got huge hopes of potentially winning the race. But with a, bar- <laughs> with a good barrier draw, can she get across and get to the front, maybe, you think, and run a place? Well, I hope so. I hope she can um, cross uh, Vincenzina um, and get to the front, and then, yeah, probably to be honest, hand up to the first. <laughs> I haven't spoken with Greg, but I presume hand up to the first uh, Emma Stewart horse that comes around. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it's a it's a unique sort of situation where you've got such a you know such a nice mare, um, but you're just running into these ones all the time. Um, so yeah, it was tough till we got off the front. I'd imagine she'll push forward at the start, and that's that's you know who might find the front um, yeah injury course. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that you know she does have moments like this. Does have you know great gate speed. So I'm hopeful she's uh, still got this time in and, and she can find the front early and get to the pegs and and then just uh, run home and hit the line strong. The the three Emma Stewart runners in the race: Tough Tilly, Treachery, Ladies in Red. And moments like these, the four of them between them have earned $1.75 million in prize money. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad, is it? Not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a really good crop of um, mares, as, as we've all said for the past uh, three seasons, just about. So, you know, you throw in Doug's Babe and, and horses like that. And, um, yeah, it's just incredible, really. So. Highest earning three-year-old filly last year was Antonia in prize money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Amazing. Know, she was a great, great, uh, great filly for David Thorne up in Sydney, and um, yeah. So, no, it's just uh, just one of those crops. It's just crazy, crazy good. And um, you know, we were lucky to to win an Oaks with uh, Minty up in Queensland, which was really nice. And 
then she went back up this year and ran second in a, a Group One mares race up there, which was you know which was a real big thrill. Um, yep. So yeah, we just um, just hopefully we can get some luck, you know, in the next few months and and hopefully run some yeah you know, hopefully win some races and run some nice places as well. Alabar, big year ahead, mate. As as things transition into a breeding season. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, we're pretty uh, pretty flat out. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, we obviously started serving mares. Um, a few weeks ago, um, and it's sort of just starting to really crank up in the past week, you know, as mares uh, get to cycle a bit better in the southern states. Um, but, um, yeah, we've got we've got 12 stones at the farm this year, which is um, probably the most ever. And, uh, yeah, it's um, they're all behaving themselves, though, which is good. So, so that's the main thing. And, and um, we're getting some pregnancies come through, which is nice. So things are working out well in that respect. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's going it's going all right so far. There's there's fourteen stallions listed on your website anyway. Thirteen in, in Australia and one in. Oh, New thirteen. Shit, I missed one. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I said twelve. <laughs> right, eight eight. Oh, are... sorry. Ultimate ultimate machetes in in, in Sydney. That's why. Ah, ultimate yes. machetes up at uh, up at Cobbety. So um, we'll yeah, you, so that's we'll why. Let you, we'll let you <laughs> so I thought I missed one. Of the fourteen, eight are Australian or New Zealand bred stallions. It's been a, it's been a real change, hasn't it, over the last half a dozen years? It has for sure. Yeah. So um, we're still, you know, I guess that um, I guess one there's been a massive improvement of the breed hmm. um, down here, and you're seeing like a lot of those actual uh, stallions that we've got, albeit they're you know born in Australia or New Zealand, they're actually out of American mares. Um, yeah. you know, like Elite Stride or the Storm Inside, um, horses like that. Um, and, you know, and we're still definitely, you know, definitely keep trying to get, you know, new um, horses from America, like you know, we've got Captain Crunch and Debtor's Wish and horses like that that have, you know, um, got foals and yearlings. But um, but we see it as a, you know, a massive opportunity to stand these um, locally bred horses, given, you know, that they're just... Some of the times they run now, and some of the performances they put in are just as good as what they got in in America. So, um, yeah, it's exciting, and and hopefully, when you see you know some of the project of Ride High come through and um, horses like that, um, you know, we'll see some we'll see some uh, really exciting uh, prospects. I I think you could describe some of the local prospects at the moment as ravishing. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you definitely could. You definitely could. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an exciting machine, for sure. All right, mate. Um, well, yeah, so no, no. Thank you very much for that, Toby. Thank you for coming on, and uh, best of luck with the Harness Charity Challenge for the rest of the month. And, boy, I hope you can get into the top five and raise a little bit extra for the uh, for the ride for Alia uh, crew. No, we'll be doing our best work. So thank you very much. Welcome back to Trot's Life, and we continue our Harness Charity Challenge theme, and I think we might have had Brett Coffey on about this same time last year when we did the Harness Charity Challenge show, and we've got him back on. There's a number of things to talk to Brett about. Brett, mate, uh, firstly, how are you, and uh, whereabouts are you today? Uh, today I'm in Footscray, so uh, I've actually uh, got a bit of a cold, so I'm uh, <laughs> at home, so I'm uh, trying to rest up, but uh, no, we're going good, though, so yeah. I'm not sure where to start with you. You've been, I suppose, in the Harness Charity Challenge. As far as I can recall being involved in in it, you've been in it as well. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I can't remember when it actually started. I remember going to. I remember being at Melton though when they presented the. Uh, yeah, when they presented the award or the winning uh, check to uh, Craig Knott. So I'm, I assume I must have been in the first one. So it's uh, it's been quite a, yeah, quite a good fun journey over time. It has been, and uh, you did. You came fifth last year with a two and a half thousand dollar profit, which is uh, nothing to laugh at, uh, is it? No, no, it's not too bad. I'm not. I'm not a great uh, punter myself, so I just try and finish in the black. And if I can do that, then uh, then happy days. But yeah, it wasn't too bad last year. Well, you're in the black this year. At this, I am currently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am currently. So uh, we'll try and keep it that way. <laughs> just now, <laughs> I remember last year. You it might have been even the year before. You chose a charity that was just over the road, and you've had a few different ones and. Uh, I did some research into the charity you've chosen this year, which is Ride for, I think it's Alia, A-H-L-I-A. Tell us a bit about why you've chosen that charity, mate. Um, basically, um, I wouldn't say I'm friends with Tom Buchanan, but I um, I'm following him on uh, Twitter. And, um, yeah, and Tom is a WA harness uh, man, and um, I got to know him. He drove some horses for us when he used to drive for Johnny Graham in, in uh, Bunbury and um, he's a ripping, ripping guy and does some great work in the media over in WA. But um, yeah, so he's, um, unfortunately, his uh, niece, uh, I believe it was, yep. um, yeah, suffered from this rare this rare uh, cancer. And um, yeah, like it's, um, it just sounds horrendous to be honest. And what he's doing is is um, yeah, doing a lot of a lot of cycling to, to try and raise money for for research into this uh, this particular cancer and and um, yeah I just thought it was a great it was a great initiative by him and, and yeah hoping to support it. It's known as DIPG, which stands for Dif- Diffuse Intrinsic Pontine Glioma, which is a brain cancer. Children are diagnosed between the ages of six to nine years. Uh, it's incurable. And the average lifespan from diagnosis is nine to eleven months. And the beautiful, yeah. the beautiful Alia, she was diagnosed at age seven years and two weeks, and she yep. she survived. She lived for another five months after diagnosis. Yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, you can't imagine, um, you can't imagine much worse to be honest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's it's funny. Well, not funny at all. Sorry, it's it's interesting. My wife works in cancer research in that space anyway and and um there's all these different types of cancers that you know that that occur and, and occur in children and um and yeah it's just yeah it's just you know it's just terrible that that people have to go through this so you know if we can help out in one tiny tiny little way then that'd be great yeah you can't imagine you got a beautiful seven-year-old girl at her birthday party and Two weeks later, yeah. you're given the news that you've got, you know, somewhere between ten up to ten or eleven months with her. Just that must be just a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, no, it would be for sure. Um, so no one should have to go through that sort of that sort of situation. So Tom Buchanan does a ride from Windy Harbour to Leshenot. Windy Harbour was uh, one of Ali's favourite. Um, holiday destinations and our grandparents live in Yeshinort. It was it's two hundred and sixty kilometres. The ride in year one they raised forty five thousand, and year two one hundred and five thousand, and that's the charity that you will play for. So, yeah, uh, yeah, t- pretty amazing. Like I'm just tipping, I'm just uh, <laughs> trying to find a couple of winners where Tom's uh, 
Tom's riding 260k. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's an amazing effort by him to, to do that. Now, mate, well, it's, it seems almost irrelevant harness racing and, and talking about horses yeah. after something like that. But I suppose yeah. it's great perspective and. Uh, moments like these of a mare we've uh, been on a journey with on this show. I'm well connected to it, as you well know. And she returns on Saturday night. And I don't think anyone's got huge hopes of potentially winning the race, but with a a good barrier draw, can she get across and get to the front, maybe, you think, and run a place? Well, I hope so. I hope she can... um across uh, Vincenzina um, and get to the front and then, yeah, probably, to be honest, hand up to the first... <laughs> I haven't spoken with Greg, but I presume hand up to the first uh, Emma Stewart horse that comes around. <laughs> I don't know, but um, it's a it's a unique sort of situation where you've got such a, you know, such a nice mare, um, but you're just running into these ones all the time. Um, so, yeah, it was tough to draw off the front. I'd imagine she'll push forward at the start and that's that's... You know, who might find the front um, yeah, injury course. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, she does have moments like this, does have, you know, great gate speed. So I'm hopeful she's uh, still got this time in and, and she can find the front early and get to the pegs and and then just uh, run home and hit the line strong. The the three Emma Stewart runners in the race, Tough Tilly, Treachery, Ladies in Red, and moments like these, the four of them between them have earned $1.75 million <laughs> in prize money. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad, is it? Not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a it's just a really good crop of um, mares, as, as we've all said for the past uh, three seasons, just about. So you know, you throw in Doug's Babe and, and horses like that. And, um, yeah, it's just incredible, really. So. Highest earning three-year-old filly last year was Antonia in prize money. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Know, she was a great, great, uh, great filly for David Thorne up in Sydney, and um, yeah. So, no, it's just uh, just one of those crops. It's just crazy, crazy good. And um, you know, we were lucky to to win an Oaks with um, Minty up in Queensland, which was really nice. And then she went back up this year and ran second in a the Group One mares race up there, which was you know, which was a real big thrill. Um yep. so yeah, we just um just hope we can get some luck, you know, in the next few months and, and hopefully run some you know, hopefully win some races and run some nice places as well. Alabar, big year ahead, mate, as as things transition into a breeding season. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, we're pretty uh pretty flat out. It's um yeah, it's uh we obviously started serving mares. Um, a few weeks ago, um, and it's sort of just starting to really crank up in the past week, you know, as mares begin uh, to cycle a bit better in the southern states. Um, but, um, yeah, we've got I think we've got 12 stones at the farm this year, which is um, probably the most ever. And, uh, yeah, it's um, they're all behaving themselves, though, which is good. So, so that's the main thing. And, and um, we're getting some pregnancies come through, which is nice. So things are working out well in that respect. So, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's going it's going all right so far. There's there's fourteen stallions listed on your website anyway. Thirteen in, in Australia and one in. Oh, New thirteen. Zealand. Shit, I've, I missed one. Sorry, <laughs> I said twelve. <laughs> right, eight, eight. Oh, or... sorry. Ultimate ultimate machetes in 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 Sydney. That's why. Ah, ultimate yes. machetes up at uh, up at Comedy. So um, we'll let yeah, you, so we'll that's why. We'll <laughs> so I thought I missed one. Of the fourteen, eight are Australian or New Zealand bred stallions. It's been a, it's been a real change, hasn't it, over the last half a dozen years? It has for sure. Yeah. So um, we're still, you know, I guess that um, I guess one there's been a massive improvement of the breed, 
um, down here, and you're seeing like a lot of those actual uh, stallions that we've got, albeit they're you know born in Australia or New Zealand, they're actually out of American mares. Um, yeah. You know, like Elite Stride or the Storm Inside um, horses like that, um, and you know, and we're still definitely, you know, definitely keep trying to get you know new um, horses from America. Like you know, we've got Captain Crunch and Debtor's Wish and horses like that that are you know um, got foals and yearlings, but um, but we see it as a you know a massive opportunity to stand these um, locally bred horses, given you know that they're just some of the times they run now and some of the performances they put in are just as good as what they got in, in America. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. And, and hopefully when you see, you know, some of the project of Ride High come through and um, horses like that, um, you know, we'll see some, we'll see some uh, really exciting uh, prospects. I, I think you could describe some of the local prospects at the moment as ravishing. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you definitely could. You definitely could. Uh, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an exciting machine for sure. All right, mate. Um, well, yeah, so no, no. Thank you very much for that, Toby. Thank you for coming on and uh, best of luck with the Harness Charity Challenge for the rest of the month. And boy, I hope you can get into the top five and raise a little bit extra for the, uh, for the ride for Alia uh, crew. No, we'll be doing our best work. So thank you very much. And thank you to Brett Coffey from Alabar Farm and a man who's been part of the show on many, many occasions. A time for a break. And on the other side, a young man, he's only 24. He's uh, from WA and he bets on Queensland and his first year in the Harness Charity Challenge. And he got a winner with the first race of the year as well in stylish fashion. His name's Ollie. He's known as at Pike in the last on Twitter. We'll get to meet Ollie and catch up with him just the other side of this break. Welcome back to Trot's Life and been a great show so far with Matty Young from WA playing, of course, in the Harness Charity Challenge for his nephew of sorts. It's not really his nephew, Noah George, but he's like, he feels like an uncle to Noah after living with the family and being so close to them. And also hearing from Brett Coffey, who's playing for his, uh, for his mate from WA, Tom Buchanan's uh, actual niece, uh, Tom Buchanan's actual niece, who passed away that horrendous brain cancer uh, D-I-P-G as it's known something uh, what a terrible terrible illness to think that at seven years of age in two weeks uh, to be diagnosed with a with a cancer where you've only got uh, five months we only live for another five to ten months uh, tragic really when you think about it and uh, great awareness being raised by Brett Coffey and, and that ride that they do in WA the 260 kilometre ride now, Bendigo tonight, quick tip. Uh, I'll give you a quick tip for Bendigo. Race 5, number 8, Jets Art. Jeez, it maps well here. I think uh, Heston Cash, the pole horse, first up from a spell. It's a pretty nice horse. Should lead. Uh, loves to lead in its races. Once it does that, Jets Art sits on its back. Jets Art got the line really, really good in a race at Shepparton. Uh, last start, I was actually there. I saw that race. Uh, I really think the pole horse will get it well into the sprint lane and Jets Art will be the one that dashes home through the inside up the sprint lane and uh, he should be too good for these. He'd be my one and only tip at Bendigo tonight. Uh, if someone is having a play, 
Next up, we've got Jaden Bruin, who has snagged this massive, massive long shot winner uh, in the, at, on day three of the Harness Charity Challenge. His, prior, his pool will dwindle, though, if he doesn't keep backing winners. So he might have a bit of a change of strategy. He may not. We'll catch up with him and we'll find out on the other side. He is, of course, playing for Beyond Blue, which I think you'll hear a little bit of Jaden's story here and uh, there'll be a bit of understanding as to how important Beyond Blue is to him. He's had some battles over the recent time and uh, he's... I'm, He's going to be open and honest about it, and uh, we thank him very much for coming on to the show and to talk about such an important and such a personal topic to Jaden. That's all up on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Trot's Life, and we continue our delve into the Harness Charity Challenge, and the man on the line, Jaden Bruin has blown this competition apart in the first week. Jaden, mate, firstly, tell us how are you and whereabouts do we find you today? Because I don't think it's uh, somewhere I'm going to like hearing about. Yeah, Tobe, I'm um, I'm sitting in the uh, in the warm weather of Port Douglas right now, right by the pool, uh, sipping on cocktails and, and living a lovely life. So I can't wait for this week to keep going. So was that off the back of backing Flower Top Mountain as well as uh, as well as tipping it in the Harness Charity Challenge? No, absolutely not. Uh, no, just up here with my girlfriend and her family. Um, so that was a it was always a, a planned holiday, um, and yeah, nothing on it. So we're um, just tipping it for the charity. So tell us a bit about Harness Charity Challenge, mate. You were in it last year at least, and maybe even the year before from memory. I know last year you walked away with a huge profit of $60, and uh, you don't tweet a hell of a lot, but you obviously use Twitter a little bit in the background. You might be one of those sort of loiters that uh, hang, hang around and have a look at things, but we don't see much tweeting from you. Tell us a bit about your involvement in Harness Charity Challenge. Um, no, not, not a big... Twitter fan. Um, the, the tweets that do get sent out are normally abusive messages from um, from punters that are back me because I'm not normally doing the right thing by them apparently. So um, no, look, I, I just like to get involved with the charity challenge um, for a great cause, and um, yeah, I got involved with it last year, and I didn't have the best of luck, but this year I've turned it on its table. So um, yeah, hope for the best. Your charity's Beyond Blue, mate. Is there a personal connection to Beyond Blue or is it just something you've got a bit of passion about? Yeah, look, there is a bit of personal. Um, there's a bit of a background story, as most people know. Um, look, I went through a bit of a, a tough time, um, probably about 12 months ago. Uh, I got into a bit of strife and uh, had a bit of a, a stint out of the game. And um, Look, there was a lot of things building up prior to that and while that was a bad part of my life, I think it's probably the best best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I was able to get help and, um, yeah, tick a, tick a few boxes that way. So, yeah, leading into it, um, there wasn't much going going ahead, but it's obviously worked itself out now, which is which is good. And did you use Beyond Blue services? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I got through that way. Uh, like I said, there, there wasn't a, there wasn't much much sort of rolling for me at the time, and. Yep. Uh, there was quite a few trips on the way home from races where, you know, trees were looking pretty good for me. Um, you know, I got to a real bad state in, in my life. And, um, yeah, look, I, I was lucky enough to, to have a, quite a few people pretty supportive. Um, a couple of people that 
I sort of never spoken to before in the harness game actually um, sort of helped me out along the way and um, yeah, really helped. So it was quite nice and yeah, I, I used the service and um, yeah, look, it's, it's it's done me a world of good. Um, I started up a gardening business and now I've actually just um, taken a step back from gardening and, and just doing them weekends and um, got a full-time job as well selling caravans now. So um, things are on the up and you know, there's, there's unfortunately there's you know we're part of this game that everyone believes that all we can do is go out there and race. But um, I've seen a better light at the end, and um, yeah, it's really really got me through. Yeah, there's a lot more to harness racing than just racing, isn't there? And I think this show will will show it in many ways, really, and what the Harness Charity Challenge is all about. So, did you just dial the Beyond Blue number? Is that just literally you just dialed the number and and went from there? Yeah, pretty well. Um, look, at, so you look, I dialed the number. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously you know, men have that demeanour of, you know, she'll be right, and I was the same. And you know, we just thought we could just keep ticking along and and going down a, a real dark path. But um, yeah, I, I dialed the number. I went into my GP and um, I had to do a. Uh, they well, not a medical, but they they give you some slip and they tick a few boxes and um, they refer you on to someone and. Um, yeah, you go and get the, the counselling and help you need, and if it works for you, great, which most of the time it does, and, yeah, it, it helped me and it put me in a, a lot better path. one three hundred twenty two forty six thirty six is that Beyond Blue number. Mate, tell us a little bit about the tipping. Uh, just looking at your tips so far, you tipped... Uh, Good-looking rooster at $11 at Shepparton the other day. You tipped the Glacier Heights at $16.50 in South Australia. You've got that South Australian background. And you threw Flower Top Mountain in at $72. And you're probably a bit unlucky there because you could have paid a lot more. It was $100 in, in many parts of the world. So, And, of course, at one. Tell us a little bit about your strategy and, and how you've been uh, tipping these horses. Um, well, I always like to look for a bit of value because if you, you happen to land one, um, it's, it's going to put you... Like last year, I was in a big hole. Um, I reckon I was oh, two and a bit down or something. I was Yeah, I was right down the bottom there and I tipped something at 20 to 1 or something and, and put me back in the plus. So, um, well, yeah, I've tipped a few that <clears throat> around the, the bigger double-figure odds, um, just hoping for a bit of value. And if it works like it worked yesterday... Happy days. If it doesn't, who cares? Move on to the next day. Um, but yeah, look, it, the horse probably shouldn't have gone around to those odds anyway. He's actually been <laughs> racing a lot better, and um, look, it didn't have much luck to start before in a lot better race, in my opinion. So hey, it works now, and I look like a hero. But if it doesn't, no one talks to me. So. Uh, the talk on Twitter is that you, you've ended the competition. It's a blowout, and it's all over. But from the 7,200 or so uh, collect, there's still 28 days, so you can still drop another three, three and a half thousand or whatever it is, which would get you back to three, six, three, seven. And last year, the winner turned over, or turned uh, turned up a profit of four and a half thousand. So you're not home and hose yet. The strategy, now this is a pre-record, this is Tuesday afternoon we're recording this, but I see you've had a golden punt tonight and people will be listening so they'll know the result of this one way or the other, but more about the strategy, a golden punt tonight on a horse of LB Ashwood's driving for Frank Cavallaro, the name escapes me, but 
it's a favourite, and it should should have should have led and won last night. I'm not sure if it did or not because we're pre-recording this. But is the strategy now to look more shorter-priced horses and try and keep your your level at seventy two hundred, or are you going to keep going for a big collect? Um, look, I, to be honest, I think it's a moral. So I'm <laughs> hoping and praying that after this goes there, that it was a moral, and yeah. I look like a genius that way. Yeah. Um, a couple of people have said to me, you would just you would tip favourites now and just hope, you know, even if they're a dollar twenty like Beach Villa was and stuff like that, that you would just tip them and home you go. But oh, you know what? You I'm can't that do far it. in front. I might as well just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and yeah. Throw us If I get beat, I get beat. But I'll still tip the tip the the double figure odds. Um, and if they come up and I I get further in front, happy days and. If someone seems to catch me, I will uh, start panicking and probably start tipping the dollar twenties. But um, oh, yeah, why would I stop tipping the, the double figure odds now? Hundred percent, mate. It's not so much about tipping winners; it's about uh, being involved and it's about raising some awareness for your charity. And I think off the back of this, you have well and truly done this. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the track sometime soon, mate, and catching up. Yeah, no worries. So appreciate it. There is Jaden Bruin, a great man of harness racing, and obviously now he is some sort of a legendary tipster. That is a wrap for Trot's Life today. And I won't be back tomorrow. It'll be Jason Bonington tomorrow to in the big lead-up to the Victoria Cup on Saturday night. So have a wonderful few days. I'll be back next Wednesday, and we may look into the Harness Charity Challenge a little bit further. I'm not sure where we'll go next week with the show. Uh, It's a great competition, and I love getting behind it well and truly. So, uh, yep, thank you all for listening. It's been a great show. If you missed anything, you should be able to podcast it. We'll hand it over to the boys on Trackside now.